Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. We're coming to the end of the series. The series is about what? Faith. And the, the foundation verse that I've kind of been, been going over and over and over again is, is out of the, the, the epistle to the Hebrews, and it says, it is impossible to please God, to live a pleasing life without faith. Because, in the King James, it says, anyone who wants to come to him, to come to him and say, you know, become my Lord, forgive me of my sins. You know, I want to embrace the grace that you have made available to me. I want to, I want to, I want to live the life that Christ wants me to live. If you want to come to God, you've got to believe that God exists, which seems logical, doesn't it? And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You've got to believe that. And so when we talk about this concept of faith, I want to leave you in this series with this, that, that if you want to have faith for the future, if you want to look forward and say, I believe something good is going to happen, I believe God is going to use me. I believe that, that we're going to see more people saved and we're going to see transformation and we're going to see deliverance and freedom and healing and restoration. If you want to have faith for that, for life and life more abundantly, Christ says, it is absolutely critical that you develop a kingdom mindset. A kingdom mindset. What you believe, what you think about, how you see yourself in circumstances and situations, your point of view, if I could use that term, is critical that it aligns with God's point of view. Now, and I consider these verses, and I, I just want to share several verses with you, so hang with me. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. We're not there yet but we're in process by, by changing the way you think. The way you thought when you weren't a Christian, you cannot bring into your new life in Christ and see the results you want. You cannot have faith for the future that God is going to do something in you and through you if you don't change how you think because then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. People say, what is God's will? Let him change your thought process. Let him change your mind. Let him change you to a kingdom mindset. Consider what Paul wrote to the Colossians. Since, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, you've received the, the born-again experience, you've received the righteousness of God, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. When was the last time you thought about heaven? Maybe when a loved one was ill? Maybe when you were ill? Maybe when the Broncos lost? I, I, I don't know. You know, what is it that would cause you to think about heaven? But how often do we think about heaven? Not from the standpoint of, oh, that's where we'll be, but, but thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as we talked last week. When did you think about trying to see this world transformed into to what heaven looks like, to bring heaven to earth through what we're doing. That's what these, these folks are doing in Mexico. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Man, that's something to meditate on. And then, again, the letter to the Philippians. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> Boy, I wish we could do that, don't you? Don't you wish we could stop worrying? Instead, instead, pray about everything. 
just out of curiosity, has you ever tracked the amount of time you spent worrying against the amount of time you spent praying? Anybody want to admit to that? <laughs> just kind of curious how it came out. Well, then tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. You got to guard your mind. You got to guard your heart. Your emotions and your thoughts are literally critical to your future faith experience as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Boy, that's a challenge some days. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. There's so much in those, those passages. I mean, you could, you could preach a series on each one of them if you really chose to. But there's some big picture thing I want you to embrace here in this, and that is this, that there is a battle going on for our thoughts and our, and our feelings as well. But I'm going to focus on thoughts this morning. There's a battle going on inside of you between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this earth, between the truth of God and the lives of Satan. And, and the question is, how can you tell which side is winning? How do you do triage on yourself? How do you self-diagnose? How do you kind of look at my mind and go, you know, I don't think I'm thinking kingdom thoughts. I think my mindset is, is totally out of sync with what God says. I don't, I'm not looking forward in faith. I'm looking forward in fear. I'm giving up the fight, and I haven't even entered the battle. So I, I want to spend some time to help you help yourself, to help you be able to understand how you can tell when you have let stinking thinking come into your life. I know that's cliche. I know it sounds like a bumper sticker, but it's the truth. We don't need no stinking thinking, amen? We need to shift our focus to the kingdom of God. And here are, here are some, some things you can ask yourself, okay? We can't have faith for kingdom promises without having kingdom mindset, a kingdom mindset. The right side is winning. You know the correct side is winning. The God side is winning. When number one, we value what's truly important, and fear God, not men. There's a verse that says the fear of God is the beginning of true wisdom. There's also a verse that says the fear of man is a what? It's a snare. It's a trap. It's a stumbling block. Who do we normally fear more, God or men? Human nature is man. The, we're not thinking right. I, I, I love what it says in Hebrews. Don't love money, but be satisfied with what you have. For God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? If God is for me, who can be against me? I, 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 I like what it says in Hebrews 13, 14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. This world... And we're told, as you saw, don't, don't conform to the world's practices. They don't have the promise of heaven. All they have is this world. So they're focused 100% on their feelings, on their emotions, on their comfort, on their, you know, the, it, their material wealth. And, and hear me. I live in a nice house, drive a nice car, 
live in a great community. In America, we're blessed by any stretch of the imagination. I am blessed and I'm not fighting it. Okay, people, do you feel guilty about being blessed? Uh, no, I feel grateful because I'm blessed. If you want to feel guilty for what God has given you, have at it. I don't. However, my contentment cannot rest on my material success or my material possessions. If it does, if I lose my big screen TV, if, I, if, if something happens, I'm going to lose my psyche because in the end, all of this goes away. You don't get to take anything with you, and there are things that are far more important. People are more important than possessions. They are more important than possessions. My relationship with Jesus, my, my, my intimacy with him, is the most precious gift I've ever been given. And for many of us, we ignore that and we focus on whatever. We binge watch. We, 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 we talk tick. Sorry, that was a joke. We, we, we do, and again, we're, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just trying to say this is who we are, including me. This is who we are. And, and the issue is, do we really value the things that God values? Do we really have a kingdom mindset? Or do we, or do we fear men instead of fearing God? When men can't do a thing to us, all they can do is take our life, and then God gives it back to us. Multiply it away. So the first thing is ask yourself, what am I valuing? What am I afraid of? Who am I afraid of? And again, all the world has is, is this, but we have eternity. The second thing to diagnose yourself is, is, do I have a healthy love for others and myself? That's a misprint. You could fix that second service. I gave it to you wrong. Do I have a healthy love for myself and others? So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. This is Jesus' teaching. Just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another, your love for one another, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Peter echoed this similarly. He said, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home and with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. There is a kind of a psychological thing that's going out that you can't love others until you first love yourself. You guys heard that? Anyway, it's, 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 it's there. And again, there, to a certain extent, that's true. But there's a man named Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud. He's a Christian psychologist. And I, I was studying and listening to some of his materials for this sermon. And he said something that really shocked me. He said, you know, that's true, but it, it's not completely true. Because here's the truth. Statistically, almost no one, in fact, no one really, can develop a love for others unless they love themselves, but nobody develops a love for themselves unless they're first loved. He said, here's the deal, folks. If you think you can take someone who has never experienced another person's affection, another person's acceptance, another person's celebration of them as a person, and expect that person to have a healthy self-love, you are kidding yourself. That doesn't happen. And so if you've never experienced someone loving you, you can't love yourself, and then you can't really healthily love others. All of your relationships will be conditional love. All of your relationships, all of your relationships will be non-kingdom love. 
So the question is, how do people who are broken and neglected and abused and rejected and human experience love from somebody? God's plan is within the kingdom and within the church. He wants us to love each other, even if we don't deserve it. Even if if, if we're not nice to one another, he wants us to love one another because when you start loving people for no other reason than they are created in the image of God and they have value in his eyes, it breaks down barriers. How many of us have dealt with insecurities and feelings of guilt and shame and and low self-esteem and low self-worth and how much of that is tied to our failure to recognize We have value because other people value us. It proves that we're important because it shows that God values us. The the kingdom of God is meant to be a place of healing and restoration where we can receive love for one another, where we give love for one another, where we serve one another. And then something clicks in our mind and it says, I matter. I have significance. Now, we know theoretically that God loves us, but we don't meet God for coffee. Okay? We should be meeting each other. Think about this concept of God wanting us to love people so that they can love themselves. Think about that in in light of this teaching of Jesus. And this this is Christ talking. And he says, But to those of you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who hurt you. I always thought that was some kind of penance we were supposed to do. You know, because we are sinners, we're supposed to go love people who don't love us. And so somehow that will make up for our own selfishness and stuff. What if what Christ is really saying is the reason those people are all jacked up is they have no self-love. And because they have no self-love, they're not loving other people. So the way that you can help them love themselves is you love them before they ever deserve it. And then maybe the gospel message that says, for God so loved the world that he gave Christ can penetrate into that broken ground of their heart and find a root where it can grow and thrive and they can be brought into a relationship with Christ. Just something to consider that as you're diagnosing yourself, you know, are we really willing to say, do I have a healthy love for myself and others? Because it's, 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 it's one of the revealers of whether we have a kingdom mindset. And it will affect how we see the future. Because if you don't think you're worthy of blessing, it's hard for you to believe that God will bless you. And if you don't want to help others succeed, it's hard to sow seeds that will come up with a good harvest. Just something to think about. And the third thing I want you to consider is this, that we would repent of doing harmful things to ourselves and others. We like to do harmful things to ourselves and others. Entire industries are built on doing harmful things to ourselves and others. We actually find it quite entertaining and enjoyable in the short term to do harmful things to ourselves and others. It's it's insane. But in Hebrews it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, people who've shown us what it looks like, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Anybody not have a sin that easily trips you up? 
Okay, I mean, come on, we're human. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, because he had a kingdom mindset, because he could look into the future with faith, the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in the struggle against sin. How do we diagnose ourselves? How do we tell which side is winning the battle for our minds and our hearts? Am I continually doing harmful things to myself and others? You've heard the term that hurt people hurt people? Consider this, victims victimize. If you have a victim's mindset, if you look on yourself and say, I have been fill in the blank, abused, beaten, neglected, even if it's true, if that is how you see yourself, the consequence of that is you're going to go inflict that same pain on others because you're trying to make up for it. But if you have a kingdom mindset, you look out and say, I'm not going to keep doing things that hurt me or hurt others because God loves me and I love myself and I'm tired of hurting myself. And God loves you and I'm going to love you because even though you hurt me, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to endure this and continue to love you because that's going to build the kingdom both in my heart and in your heart. And I know that if I sow seeds of righteousness, if I sow seeds of faith, if I sow seeds of love, then God is going to multiply those seeds back into my life and good things are going to happen. It's powerful. If we don't repent, we continue to justify and explain and excuse, but we never accept. We just don't accept responsibility. And the fourth thing I want to share with you is, is this, that, that in the walk of faith, bad things happen. Bad things happen to people. Bad things happen to everybody. I, I don't know anybody that hasn't had to experience disappointment, discouragement, uh, you know, accidents, you know, other people coming into their life. But you have a, a kingdom mindset when you accept and embrace grace for the bad things that happen. You're not, you're not trying to deny that. I, this used to bug me about the faith movement, and I'm a faith person. People say, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Honey, you sick, okay? You can tell from the snot rag and the coughing, you sick, baby, okay? I know God loves you. He hasn't stopped loving you. But saying that you're not sick is insane because you're sick. Saying that you've not been hurt is insane. You've been hurt. Saying that it didn't matter is not truth. It matters. At some point, you look and say, this occurred. They hurt me. I hurt myself. This was disappointing. God never asked us to stick our head in the ground and pretend that everything that goes on is good. It's not. However, the kingdom mindset accepts the fact that we can go, that was bad, that hurt, that was discouraging, but it doesn't park there. It says there's a grace for me to endure every season of life. There's a grace for me to endure every disappointment that comes up. There's a grace of God for me to say, I don't understand why this happened, but yet will I praise you. Yet will I worship you. Yet will I serve you. I'm not going to give up on you, God, because I don't understand it. Pastor Wally, if you've been around a few years, he famously told the story of the great tragedy in his family when his, his sister burned up. I don't know. She was playing with matches, and her dress caught fire, and it was just horrible, horrible you know, thing, and she died 
you know, several days later. And his father was as distraught. And his father was just like, you know, what happened to God? Where was God? Why would God allow this? And his mother looked at his father and simply said, we cannot give up on God now. We need him too much. And, and I'm thinking of what a testimony that, that story was to Wally and everybody in that family. And, and all of us probably have similar things where people had horrible things happen, and yet you see a grace come in their lives that said, you know, I don't deny the pain of that or the loss of that, but yet I believe I'll not only endure it, I'm going to overcome because i got a kingdom mindset. And so we accept and we embrace a grace. We repent of doing self-harm and harm to others. We talk about developing that healthy love for ourselves so we can love other people and receiving the love that people show to us and embracing love as a characteristic of the church. And we value what's truly important, not what the world says is important. We do those things and then we can diagnose ourselves and say, hey, do I have a kingdom mindset? Because when you have a kingdom mindset, You have a faith outlook for the future. I want to leave you with this one thought, and it's a statement that is again in Hebrews, and it's this one thing, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God did through Christ to the people we read about in in the Gospels, what God did through, through the Holy Spirit and the apostles in the book of Acts, what we, we read about in, in the histories of the church, what, what we listen to in the testimonies of people even today who come in and say, hey, this is what God did for me. I got a cool testimony this week of somebody who was completely healed of celiac disease. Yeah, very cool, here in this church. And they say, hey, I, you know, and I, you know, they said, I was healed of celiac. I mean, I stood in faith, and this is not a young person. This is somebody who's been dealing with this thing for a while, and finally said, I'm giving up on it. You know, I'm not going to do it anymore. And they stepped out in faith, and God has delivered them from all the symptoms. And I'm thinking, praise God. There's biscuits in her future. I mean, you know, I shouldn't say. But, you know, Pastor Frida, we're we're looking. I know Israel is a dumpster fire right now, but we're believing it's going to settle down. We're planning to try to go in February. If you'd like to go, we'll let you know and and how things are going on that. But but Frida was sharing how when she was last in Israel with me, God supernaturally healed her of a back problem that she'd had for years, and it's never come back. She was walking around, and she, had, she was walking, and she said, this is where Jesus walked. Jesus healed people. If Jesus could heal somebody back then, he can heal me now. And she, she took a couple of steps, and the pain left, and it's never come back. True story. Ask her about it. So if Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever, how do we get that kind of attitude that he is still working and causing good things to happen? We shift our mind and our heart we get a kingdom mindset in our thoughts and our emotions, and we're willing to go through the, the somewhat painful and challenging process of self-diagnosis. If you think your doctor's probes are painful, try the word of God. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's living and active, and it cuts asunder. I mean, it can be, oh, man, that's brutal. That's blunt. That's truth. I don't like that. But it'll bring healing, and it'll bring deliverance. So how do we respond to this? Well, I hope that you realize that faith is not an old-fashioned term. It's how God wants us to live. He wants us to look forward to good things. He wants us to believe that the future is going to be better. He wants us to reject all of the lies of the enemy. But he also wants us to do some things, things that that trip us up. I I ask you both uh, online, please forgive me, online family. I didn't greet you at the beginning, and I should have. But... uh, that we really let go of some hurts from the past. 
that you're really once and for all going to say, I forgive. I choose not to, to define myself as a victim anymore. I'm not saying you weren't victimized. I'm not saying you weren't hurt, but that's not how you define yourself. I remember seeing a video of a, of a young man, not so young man, I guess now, but he had been involved in the, the gay lifestyle for, for years, and, and it was self-destructive, and it was very harmful to him, and yet he had a passion for God. And, and he had a, an epiphany, and, he, and he, he ended up walking away from that and embracing uh, a new life. And, and he was being interviewed, and they said, he's British, and they were saying, why, why are you able to do that? He said, I, I had this reality that I had to stop defining myself by, by my sexual attractions. I had to start defining myself by my relationship with God. So I stopped seeing myself as a gay man, and I started seeing myself as a child of God. Now, that's, that sounds simplistic, and it took a process, but he said, I can truly say that, that I, I'm walking free. I'm not, you know, and, and he, he's getting, have you ever had struggles? Yeah. But he said, you know something? As a child of God, what a wonderful life I've had, because that's what I am. I've been abused. And he was. I mean, he had terrible stories. I mean, horrible things that happened to this man. Horrible things. It should never have happened to anybody. It should never have happened to anybody, you know. Uh, but that's not how he saw himself. But the only way that happens is if you let go of your hurt, of the abuse, of the, the you know, the rejection, of the judgment, of the cruelty of the, that has been done. We're not good people to one another. We let go of our sins those things that we justify for their temporary. I mean, I, I do these things because they make me feel better for the moment because they quench the pain of a hurt. That, that's why we do stuff. At least that's why I've always done stuff, and I don't think I'm that unusual. And if we're willing to simply say, God, I want to walk in, in perfect sync with you. I know that's impossible, but I aspire to it. I want to know your good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to change my thoughts. Each of you needs to respond in your own way. Each of you has your own story that is yours. So the Spirit would have you respond in a way that's specific to you. And so, Father, I pray for myself. I, I wrote this for me as much as anybody, and I, I believe, God, that you gave it to us because you want us to live lives of faith. You want us to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You want us to believe that, that we can walk away delivered, set free, and healed from the stuff that has just tripped us up so often. You want us to be able to love people because we love ourselves, because we accept your love. We accept it, God. We don't quit pushing it away, but we realize that we have value and importance because we're yours. I pray for every single person here, God. They have needs. Every one of them does. I pray that none would walk out of here unaffected by the Word of God. That none would, would listen to this message online unaffected by the Word of God, but that the Word of God would be living and active and fully accomplish the work that you want to do in us. God, we want to be new creations in Christ. Change how we think. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. If you feel the need of a, of a special touch this morning, you're just saying, I, 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 just, I just feel like I need a little more. I need a, a deeper 
touch from God. Would you just slip your hands up where you're at and say, that, that's me. I, I need a little bit more. Just, that's me. You know, hold them up high. Hold them up high. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to ask you to, to do something. And those of you, because I, I want to I wanna honor what I believe the Spirit wants to do. If you have your hand raised or you felt like you would have liked to raise your hand, would you just stand up where you're at, just where you're at? Just stand up and say, that's me. That's me. I know some of you, I don't really want to stand up, but take a step of faith. You, you, you'd be surprised what reaching out is. And I, I know God has good things. And for those of you who seated, if you said, I wish I'd have stood, stand up. And, and again, again, this is not trying to manipulate anybody. We just want you to say, I just, I just, I, I need more than just a, a touch. I need, I need an embrace. I need a hug. And so those of you who are comfortable, who are standing, if, if you would, would you mind just slipping out and coming down to the front and just come down front? You know, I'm, I won't be here for five weeks. I, I promise you won't have to deal with me next week. <laughs> so just come on down front. Just come down front and kind of squeeze in. Maria, good job standing. Great job. Just kind of all huddle in here close because there's quite a few people this morning. If you kind of, you know, take a step to your right or left and kind of huddle up in here. And, and Lisa and some of our others and pastors, if you'd come up, um, you know, just begin to pray and, and intercede for these folks. Just begin to lay hands on them. Thank you. David and Diane, appreciate you. Some of our small group leaders, if you want to come on up. Hmm. And those of us who are, who are kind of spectators, and I don't want us to be, I want us to be participants in this. Every single person who raised their hand, it, it's not like the rest of us don't have needs. We all need a touch from God, but they're just saying they, needed a, they need something more this morning. They need just a little deeper hug. They need a deeper experience. They, they need a deeper, just a deeper moment with God. And, and Lord, we just pray for each and every one of them. These are our brothers and sisters. You, you challenged us to love them. And, and God, we want to. We want to just love on them. We want them to know that they're loved so that they can love themselves and they can love others. We don't want to see them in bondage to anything. We want to see them set free. Nobody wants to be a slave. My gosh, who would? And that's not why Christ came. You came to bring us deliverance and freedom. And God, we pray for them. We want their hearts to be renewed, that they would have hope, that they would see the future and not say, my best days are behind. I got good days ahead. That There is no conflict therein that you cannot bring peace to those troubled waters. I speak peace to those troubled waters. And where there's denial or deception, we expose it through the spirit of truth. That we expose truth and the truth will set everyone free. And where the enemy has lied and deceived and entrapped, we say enough. In Christ's name, be silent. In Christ's name, leave. In Christ's name, be gone. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, God. Pat, Eliphaz, do you have anything? No. Thank you, God, for my friends here. Bless each and every one of them. So good what the Lord is going to do. So good what God is doing. So good what God is doing in the chairs this morning. It's good what the Lord is doing. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.